0: Good morning. We wish you a very blessed final Saturday in January. And Zach, the month has just flown by. Right. You realize the next time we have a Saturday in January, it'll be the year 2018. Spring is on the way, though. We're less than three weeks away from pitchers and catchers. Can't wait. If you haven't noticed, though, the days are getting longer. There's a little more light on the drive home from work want to thank you all for tuning in to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. This is Zach Barletta. We're glad to have you along. The website is btgprogram.com. And on social media, it's at btgprogram. The studio line is 585-431-1202. You can call that anytime. We'd be glad to hear your perspective and what you think of the show. 585-431-1202. On this show, we are intentionally have avoided talking much about politics, really for no other reason than um, it's a sports show. It's a faith-based mm-hmm. program. You know, for us to bring it up, it would be like forcing it into a place where it doesn't fit. And over the years, you know, we've handled a number of social issues but just never really ventured much into politics. But this past week, the two worlds of sports and politics came together. And it's not just the White House visit by the Cubs prior to Obama leaving office, although that was kind of nice, him being from Chicago. And I, I mm-hmm. guess he's a White Sox fan, but even so, it was a nice moment. I mean, he's the only president that's ever welcomed the Cubs as champions to the White House. And this is true. And he happens to be from Chicago. So that was nice for him. But this week, our new president and the rest of the Republican House and Senate members met in Philadelphia for their retreat as they call it they do this annually establish the party's platform bring everybody together unify them but one of the speakers in addition to president trump in addition to vice president pence uh, i believe the british prime minister theresa may was speaking peyton manning was also speaking manning is reported to be a republican donor most notably in his his college state of tennessee i don't know if he does he live there in tennessee
1: i'm not sure to be honest
0: he hasn't, he hasn't ever invited me over, so I guess I don't know no. where he
1: lives. But. We'll get our, uh, our journalistic team on it, our investigative reporters.
0: Maybe the only other name in the discussion for the greatest quarterback of all time would be Tom Brady. Brady has taken some heat, though, recently for his friendship with President Trump. Ever since a, a Make America Great cap showed up in his locker some time back, he's been finding himself having to explain— his friendship, and he was on a radio station in Massachusetts. Of course, Massachusetts is very heavily Democratic, Mm -hmm. but they're asking him about his friendship with Trump, which just struck me odd. Here, he just won the AFC championship on his way to yet another Super Bowl, and you're asking him about something about politics? Why do you care who his friends are? And he shouldn't be made to explain that. And, you know, on the other side, you got NBA coaches like Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr who have been very vocal in, and very critical of President Trump both before and after his being elected to office. So, and obviously the list of celebrities is long who oppose President Trump. So I ask you, Zach, do you have a problem, say, with sports personalities using their platform for political purposes? Does it make a difference to you?
1: It doesn't. I Because to me – Most people that are sports personalities that are big stars that people are going to listen to, I don't think they know that much about politics. Sports takes up so much of their time and so much of their life. Generally, if you're a a really good professional athlete, you've been doing it since you were a small child. What do those people really know about politics? So to me, I would rather – I'm not going to tell people not to discuss their views. But I think that most of them really don't know that much about the issue that that I would take it seriously.
0: I would admit that I'm not a real political guy. I, I was when I was younger. I, over the years, have gotten discouraged by it. Uh, I don't think it's any secret. I lean more conservatively because of my upbringing. But uh, I really don't have a problem with athletes using their platform, though that said, I don't pay much attention to them either. They're Look, they're American citizens. They're welcome to their opinions, whether it be for Trump or whether it be Uh, for President Obama or former President Obama or Hillary Clinton or anybody else. It's their opinion. They're an American. They have a right Mm -hmm. to that. If they have a broader audience with which to share their opinion, that's fine too. I've never ended a friendship, as some have, over a political uh, opinion, although I have had one ended on me, which is kind of actually a funny story. I think it was (laughs) after um, George W. Bush was elected the first time. I got a call from a dear old friend who said something along the lines, and it was a very brief call because he hung up immediately after. He said, much like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, we must now go our separate ways, old friend.
1: Click. That is the coolest possible way you could have a friendship (laughs) ended.
0: (laughs) He didn't answer my call for weeks when I tried to call him back, but I am pleased to say that after many years, he has reached back out to me and- Uh, we've talked through social media, and I've never brought it up, the phone call, but, you know, some people are mature and reasonable thinking in their presentation of their opposing political views. I, I really don't care if Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr have their opinion. That's fine. If Tom Brady has his opinion, Peyton Manning, that's fine. You know, but there are those who make fools of themselves and Say foolish things like they're moving out of the country. And mm-hmm. uh, look, it comes down to this if you present your opinion like an adult and handle yourself like an adult, I-, I can respect that. I have no problem with that. But if you're a fool about it, then I really don't care what you think anyway. Yeah. And if you say something like along the lines of you thought about blowing up the White House, well, that just sort of reveals the type of foolishness and immaturity <laughs> anyway, doesn't it? Absolutely. We have a full slate of things ahead of us on today's show. We'll talk some college basketball, including three of the top four teams losing on the same night this week. Plus, Tom Izzo and Grayson and Allen are both having what seem to be long seasons. Tragedy struck the world of baseball this past week in the Dominican Republic. We'll talk some about that and try to add some perspective to that situation. And, of course, Zach has a fresh list of shenanigans statements. Beyond the Game is a mainly listener-supported ministry, The program, of course, is not exclusively for people of faith, but it is our goal to use sports to introduce the message of Jesus Christ and give our listeners something to consider for themselves. Your financial gifts support the program's efforts to reach new markets and continue bringing the message of the gospel to thousands of listeners each week. If you feel so led, you can make a secure donation through our website, btgprogram.com. I'm Rick Benson. That guy is Zach Barletta. This is Beyond the Game. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds town and country's technicians are friendly professional and most importantly they're knowledgeable bees wasps roaches ants bats mice call town and country even raccoons or larger animals call town and country have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem call town and country early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs so if you suspect a potential problem call town and country pest solutions today Town and country success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town and Country Pest Solutions today, 585 426 5024. That's 585 426 5024, and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God.
1: It's here. Ram Sports Network, Christian Sports Television. That's right, Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from who to the pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku channel store. Ram Sports Network.
0: More than a game. Welcome back in to Beyond the Game, recording in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram is where to find us. We're talking sports from a faith-based point of view, giving you some things that I know you won't hear on any other sports talk show. We hope it encourages you as well. You won't hear Zach and I yelling at each other or making over-the-top ridiculous statements in an attempt to get attention or in an attempt to get ratings. It's God's name that we want to see glorified, and if we can, we want to challenge you. We want to encourage you along the way. Like most subjects, sports sports provides a great many opportunities to do that, if you, if only you just look for them. The program's available on podcasts as heard across the nation and worldwide. You can listen at our website. Once again, that's btgprogram.com. Previous broadcasts are all archived there. And you can subscribe to have the show downloaded to your device each week. To all of you who listen, to all of you who support the program, we want to say thank you. What a wild ride it was in college basketball this past Tuesday night. For just the second time since the polls began, three of the top four ranked teams played and lost on the same night. Number one, Villanova. Number two, Kansas. And number four, Kentucky, all fallen. In fact, that's the AP poll. In the coaches' poll, they they actually had Nova and Kansas flip-flop. And I believe that's only happened one other time, where the polls were split over the number one team and both those number ones lost on the same night. Also losing Tuesday night was Michigan State, after which head coach Tom Izzo was clearly frustrated. After losing at home to Purdue, Michigan State fell to 12-9 and on the season, a 4-4 and in the Big Ten, very un-Michigan State-like. Like Like Syracuse, Michigan State struggling at this point appears, though, they may miss the NCAA tournament, which, I mean, probably more sure for Syracuse than it is for Michigan State, but I, I would send Michigan State even just for their history. They've had difficult seasons before and then gotten into the tournament and gone on amazing runs. They play, they play difficult schedules early on. They play some tough teams, and that makes them, that sets them up to be tournament ready. For the Spartans, if they did miss, it would be the first time since the '96-'97 season, which happened to be Tom Izzo's second at the school. Two great coaches: Syracuse's Jim Beheim, Michigan State's Tom Izzo, both with a history of proven success. Now hearing a little backlash from the fans. Which I, I, don't, I don't understand that. How spoiled are some people that despite all the good times, despite the many winning seasons, they're complaining and even calling for a change when the team goes through what's a very rare rust season, more rare for Michigan State, perhaps in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. People were calling earlier this year, earlier in the NFL season for Mike McCarthy's job. Before they went on a run that eventually took them to the NFC Championship game, we talked about it, Zach, you and I, on this program. Here's Tom Izzo. I want to play Tom Izzo's comments. Uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he wishes he presented it differently, but here he is after a difficult loss at home to Purdue. This is Tom Izzo. I don't care about the fan base. If people want to complain, I, I, I don't care. I really don't. I know what I'm doing. I know what this team is doing. I know what they're going through. I know what they're going through. And nobody knows what they're going through because nobody's had to do it. Am I going to worry about what somebody says that has no
1: clue, no clue what this team has gone through and what we're doing? I'm not going to worry about that. I I feel their disappointment. Um, You know what? They got to be disappointed. I thought the fans that were there did a great job.
0: If, If some are at the local pubs and are complaining, that's their freedom of speech. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great country, freedom of speech. One of the things, Zach, I loathe about sports coverage is the way some reporters seem to try to They try to bait athletes and coaches into a comment that's going to sell newspapers that maybe is going to get them, the reporter, some extra attention or maybe advance their career. Here was Tom Izzo in the midst of a difficult season. And I really, I I don't know if the guy was trying to bait him or not, but he was asking about the fan base to which Izzo responds in frustration. Now, anyone who knows or has followed Izzo, has followed Michigan State for any length of time, knows he really, he doesn't not care about the fan base. Of course he cares. But some in the press got the comment they wanted and they ran with it. It happens a lot. It happens in sports. It happens in politics. It happens on both sides of political coverage. Tom Izzo's dedicated himself to Michigan State. He loves his players. He's dedicated himself to the players. He's proven himself year after year. And what he doesn't care about is those who are now all of a sudden criticizing him unfairly, enjoying the good times. But, man, the minute you go on a a losing streak, they're coming out to get you. You have to have tough skin in sports. And and we all know it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. But when we were talking about it, Zach, about Mike McCarthy, we said at the time, you're not going to give up on a guy because of one difficult season. As it it is, he turns that around. Same thing with Tom Izzo. But the guy is human. He's going to get frustrated at times. Give him a break. And I think most right-thinking people are giving him a break. The way talk shows... Bait athletes, celebrities, politicians, etc. It Makes you wonder why these folks go on any shows at all. Another one this week was Grayson Allen. Duke's been struggling, and Allen seems to be a lightning rod for controversy, even even when there isn't one. We talked about this a few weeks ago, Zach, uh, again following Allen's reinstatement from what turned out to be just a one-game suspension. And I don't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it. I said at the time, I think it was only one game as a result of the timing. I mean, it was around the holidays and Duke only had the one game. I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced that he's a dirty player. Yes, I know it's been a couple of times now that he's tripped another player. But, you know, I don't know. I I get a sense that it's more of a response in the moment than it is an indication of his character. Now, it's an unfortunate little quirk. It's, it's not the right response. But I don't think it's premeditated in any way. I'm not justifying it. His tripping another player, man, it's flat out wrong. He deserves to be punished for it. But I think being humiliated, stripped of his captaincy, and suspended for a game, I think that's sufficient. If he doesn't correct his way, if it happens again, then the penalty's going to be more severe, obviously, the next time around. But no doubt, he has become somewhat of a lightning rod. And perhaps that's not completely as a result of his own transgressions. Those transgressions magnify the negativity directed at him, perhaps as a result of, uh, maybe as a result of the resentment that some have for Duke because of, their, because of their success. People resent that. For some, they may resent what they perceive as privilege. Here's what they assume is a spoiled, rich white kid. And maybe they resent any one of those three things. Or maybe they resent all those things. Whether they be true or not, they have no idea. Well, we know that he's a white kid, so I guess that part's at least true. Although <laughs> maybe he identifies as another race. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Not looking to start a firestorm here. This past Monday, Grayson Allen was in the news again as he tried to make a, over Was some tried to make a big deal over what was really nothing. At a stop and play, Allen made his way to the Duke bench. But on his way, he got tied up with North Carolina State's Terry Henderson. As Allen tried to break free, he did sort of push off. And because it was Allen, it got a reaction from the NC State players. And it's immediately being lauded as another instance of dirty play. Allen being Allen. And, of course, everyone's going to look at this through their own perceptions. And, of course, it's a white player and two black players, so there's going to be that. But to me, if anything, it looked as if NC State was kind of intentionally blocking them and holding them up a little, but you can't you can't really tell from the video. Everybody's going to look at it, and like I said, you're going to have your own perceptions, but who knows? I mean, it was such a little thing, the kind of thing which probably happens multiple times a game. In fact, I, I thought uh, Grayson Allen did the right thing. He, he didn't bother to turn around. He never turned around. Despite flailing arms from the other side, he never turned around. He just continued toward his team's bench. But again, it's it's Grayson Allen, so it made the news. We have to be careful, of course, to not allow our own prejudices to influence our opinions and treatment of other people. And not just over race. We can be prejudiced against someone because of their political views. We can be prejudiced against how much money they have the way they carry themselves. Let me give you an obvious example. Someone comes into your church who doesn't quite look like everyone else. Maybe they don't really fit in with those who you generally hang around with. How do you treat them? Do you welcome them? Do you say anything at all to them? After they've been at your church a while, it seems that they're going to stick around, and they start hanging around with your people, with your friends, and maybe even working in your areas of ministry, perhaps gaining influence and authority? How, what's your attitude towards them now? How does it affect how you interact with them? Maybe you're being honest and, and maybe you're not with yourself as you're thinking about this. I'm sure there are listeners who are doing both, but I want to talk specifically to believers in Jesus Christ for a few moments. If you are living for Jesus, if you are living sold out for him, you're going to be a little bit of a lightning rod yourself. People have, people have prejudices against Christians, and some of them are, you know, they're actually fair. Some of them, maybe most of them are not, but fair or not, they exist and are often the result of an individual's experiences with other believers that came along before you did. They had, a, they had an experience with another person that wasn't pleasant in one way or another. Maybe they were that visitor who went to the church and was ignored or mistreated. That's a very difficult gap to cross. Building a bridge is really only done in love, compassion, living a lifestyle which consistently reveals those characters of, of characteristics of love and compassion. But there are also times when someone's prejudices against Christians aren't a result of, of their personal experience. It's simply a notion based on anger or based on hate or even simply the result of denying the sin which exists in their own life. Remember, if you are living in such a way that you are reflecting the light of Christ, well, light exposes darkness. And many times that causes resentment. Jesus said in Matthew 10.22, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Believe it or not, that should actually serve as an encouragement. No, it may not make the situation any more tolerable or any more comfortable, but keep going in the faith, enduring for Christ's sake, knowing that it's not really you they dislike, it's Jesus. Take comfort in knowing that, well, you must be doing something right, because if you weren't living in such a way that they saw Christ in you, then they probably wouldn't care, and they probably wouldn't give you another thought. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And if you're suffering, you're doing something right. But you got to know this. There are going to be those who want to make life difficult for you. They dislike you because you're a Christian, and so maybe you're persecuted a little bit at work. Luke 6.22 says, Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you, and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. But even if that's happening to you, remember that you have an obligation towards them. Here's the hard part, Matthew 5, 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You know, that can happen, though, within the church as well as without, and I think that's a bigger problem. Um, you know, it happens because people are people and people are sinners. You can throw the hypocrisy label around, rightly so, it's warranted, but people are people and it's because people are sinners. Wherever you go, there will be people who will be difficult in one way or another. Perhaps they're argumentative towards you, perhaps they're they antagonize you, maybe they're condescending towards you, they're belligerent, they're rude, whatever it is. It, sometimes it just seems like there are people whose sole purpose it is in life to push your buttons. The best way to handle it is clear, but it's, not, it's definitely not simple to do. Whether the source is from within the church or outside the church, the solution is to be more and more like Jesus. That's probably going to invite even more persecution, but the way to handle it is to just be like Jesus. Live before the world in a way that's pure, a way that's righteous, gives them no additional ammunition against you. They may dislike you, but there's really nothing they can say. No doubt it takes great patience. It takes love. It takes grace. At times, humility is simply the, is just the best weapon of defense. Sometimes the best thing to do is to just bite your tongue, to keep quiet. And I know how hard that is, but remember when the scribes and the Pharisees in the Bible brought before Jesus the woman they had caught in adultery? Do you recall how he responded to them? He basically ignored them. It was as if he he hadn't even heard them. John 8, 6 says, They were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. Sometimes just keep your mouth shut. Another good defense tool is to direct them to the Bible. Here's another example from Jesus. Mark 10, verses 2 and 3. Some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him, and began to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce a wife. And he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? He pointed it back to Scripture, he pointed him back to the Bible. Look, dealing with difficult people is inevitable. To be a follower of Jesus means just that, to follow Jesus. It's so hard. It's so hard. But avoid escalating these things by responding in your flesh. Just like Grayson Allen just continued to his bench, just continue in the Word of God. Don't allow your injured pride to interfere and make matters worse. Which, by the way, it is probably worth mentioning that you should consider at least a little of what these folks are saying. Maybe there's something to it. Be sure that there is no truth to it, so, you know, at least listen to what they're saying. When you're able to stifle your pride, it is a sign of spiritual maturity. Congratulations, you're growing in the faith. Difficult people they they really ought to reveal the fruit of the Spirit in us. Galatians 5, and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. Difficult people, they ought to bring out the fruit of the Spirit. They They ought to cause us to reflect Christ even more. Greatly. Listen, if there's anything we can do to help, uh, feel free to reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. Even if it's you just want us to pray for you, we'd be glad to do that. btgprogram.com. Send us a note, even if it's anonymously. You can also call our studio line, 585 431 1202. I'm Rick Benson. Thanks once again for listening. This is the Beyond the Game program. Here's the Red Hawks report for this week, January 28th, 2017. The Red Hawks report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. The men's basketball team is in the midst of a five-game losing streak, and unfortunately, that slump continued this past Wednesday as they lost to the ECC's top-ranked team, St. Thomas Aquinas, 82-67. to Junior Malik Dare led the Red Hawks with 17 points, going a perfect 8-for-8 eight eight from the field, and sophomore Zach Panabianco was also in double digits, adding 13 points. The women also took on St. Thomas Aquinas and were able to pull out an upset win at home, 80-75, keeping them right behind the Spartans in the ECC standings. Freshman Emily Miller led the way for the Red Hawks with 21 points, ending just one rebound shy of a double-double. Junior Lucy Cobley added 17 points, while junior Brooke Fields and freshman Sarah Nady had 13 points each. In women's track and field last Friday at the Highlander Invite, sophomore Kathleen Amstad won at the 200-meter dash, and junior Chelsea Hayward took first in both the 60-meter and 300-meter dashes. Hayward and Amstad teamed with sophomores Christina Button and Kyla Winnell to lead Roberts to victory in the 4-by-200 relay. On the men's side, freshman Josiah Adelini took first in the 600-meter dash while fellow freshman Ashton Collaire secured a victory in the 60-meter hurdles. You'll have two chances to see the Red Hawks in action at home this coming week. On Wednesday, February 1st, the University of the District of Columbia comes to town to take on Roberts basketball teams, and on Friday, February 3rd, it's the University of Bridgeport who will call on the Red Hawks. On both days, Wednesday and Friday, the women will tip off at 6 p.m., while the men are set for an 8 p.m. start time. Though it's not at home, it is still in town here in Rochester. As the track team will head over to RIT next Friday at 4 p.m. for the RIT Invitational. And there you have it, the Red Hawks Report for this week, January 28, 2017. The Red Hawks Report is presented by Robert's Wesleyan College. Or remember, you can always follow Robert's Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC RedHawks. This has been the Red Hawks Report presented by Robert's Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield,
1: president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II
0: athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Benson and Barletta, joining you here on Beyond the Game, mixing sports with faith. Tragic events this past Sunday in the Dominican Republic. Lives of two professional baseball players lost in separate car accidents in the country. Baseball world losing Kansas City Royals pitcher Giordano Ventura, as well as third baseman Andy Marte, who played for six different organizations as well as some time in South Korea. And obviously it brings to memory the fairly recent tragedy of Oscar Tavares of the St. Louis Cardinals. He was killed in an auto accident in the DR in the fall of 2014. And there's no more significance to the fact that these men were professional ballplayers. Just as there's no less significance surrounding many tragic deaths each day uh, throughout our nation, throughout our world, people whose names we're never going to know. But because of whatever amount of celebrity that these men achieved and or the high-profile career in which they had the privilege of being a part of, we do know their names. And we do know the circumstances. It made the news to their deaths. Mm-hmm. And as is often the case when it comes to the loss of life, it causes people to pause and to consider... Those circumstances and possibly what could have been done, if anything at all, to have prevented it. And people, whether they knew the victims or not, tend to uh, make applications to their own lives. They think about their own circumstances and situations and put themselves there. What could I do that this wouldn't happen to me? Uh, Death also causes people to think about the families left behind. Uh, How can they be cared for? How will they be ministered to both short term and long term? Mm -hmm. And then probably most importantly, it does stir something up that we ask ourselves, you know, what happens to me after I die? Is there a life after death? Now, I've been to the Dominican Republic a number of times, including once with you. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be difficult to spend any time there at all and not be struck by not only the way they drive, how they drive, but who it is
1: that's driving and yeah. the vehicles they're driving about. Oh, absolutely. It was some of the most tense moments of my life We're just riding in the bus in traffic there. And it, the people and the guy on a motorcycle with I don't know how much stuff on a motorcycle behind him that it yeah. didn't look like it should even be drivable at all. It's It's an entirely different world.
0: Just last year, the World Health Organization released a report detailing driving fatalities around the world. The Dominican Republic ranked at the top, the deadliest country in the world for motor vehicle-related deaths. And based on the statistics in the report, the Washington Post concluded that over a 70-year span, one in every 480 people will die because of a motor vehicle-related accident.
1: That is unreal.
0: That's an astounding number. And the Post also suggested that the actual numbers may may be worse. According to the WHO, the Dominican doesn't have any adequate system to report deaths. So in actuality, it's not all that hard to imagine that many more have gone unreported. So those numbers could. And from just from a baseball perspective, on that same WHO list, Venezuela was the third deadliest country, another native home of many professional players. In fact, Venezuela and the DR account for the highest ratio of of foreign players in Major League Baseball. And there are a number of reasons for the high number of fatalities in these countries. First off, the conditions of the roads are horrendous. Mm-hmm. They're horrible. These aren't just potholes. These are deep areas of decay, deep areas mm-hmm. of washout. They're not always uh, they're not always well marked. You don't have a lot of warning about them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, plus you add in factors such as Little to no law enforcement of existing laws, underage drivers, unlicensed drivers, unsafe vehicles, overcrowding of those vehicles. Mm-hmm. We've seen pickups and flatbed trucks with, I mean, dozens of people jammed. A whole families in the back, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned the motorcycles and you see them whipping in and out of traffic haphazardly. I once saw six people on a motorbike. Some have seen more. Some say they've seen more. I saw six, and not one of them had a helmet, and you had a little child kind of jammed mm-hmm. in amongst them. And I'm not talking about a motorbike just sitting on the side of the road. I'm
1: talking about going down the road. And that guy with the six people on the back is weaving in and out of traffic like a daredevil. It's just—you its you can't even understand it or believe it until you see it.
0: The dangers uh, that we just described are even inflated when you consider young people who— uh, just got a signing bonus. Just fell into some money. Grew mm-hmm. up poor. These young men will go out and buy a sports car, and then they'll drive fast all over the place. And of course, young people—they think they're invincible anyway, so they drive way too fast, usually with multiple distractions around them. But in places like the DR, boy, it just—it just magnifies those dangerous conditions. When now you got a guy who just bought this car and he's driving way too fast on roads that are way too dangerous, oftentimes and with many of those other drivers around them. Uh, The world of professional sports, it's a cruel one at times. Your value is directly related to your usefulness. If, If a player is no longer able to produce, they're no longer useful. They're no longer valued. And I suppose one good thing, Zach, about the escalating salaries in baseball is that Organizations are going to need and want to protect their investments, and they're going to maybe take additional steps to protecting some of these young prospects. But scouts are there. They're in places like the DR looking for kids who offer them value for the moment, kids who uh, their skills translate well to the pro level They throw money, they throw promises at them, they invest in them to get them onto their major league rosters, but they give very little thought to what happens after that or what happens if it doesn't work out for that kid. A recent report, excuse me, indicated that a player is covered by major league baseball life insurance only after he appears on a 40-man roster. What does that say for players who have never gotten that far yet? And additionally, that coverage only lasts until the first day of the following season. So a prospect who has been dropped off the 40-man roster or who's never gotten there has, has no coverage at all. There are a number of good ministries working in the Dominican Republic to address some of the things that Major League Baseball does not. The, the dr is a, is a baseball craze country you know that we, we've been there together every kid with even an ounce of athletic ability sees the game as an opportunity to get off the island to get off uh, get out of poverty so from an early age they're investing hour after hour upon hour playing the game in hopes of one day getting a contract and guys like you and I show up there on a mission trip and they think because we're american we can help them get their, that contract. So they, they like to show off for you. But what happens when a young man invests everything he has, chasing that opportunity, chasing that dream, and then comes to a point in his life where he realizes it's not going to happen for him? There aren't many jobs. So suddenly with a lot of idle time on his hands and a, and a dashed dream and no job, They, more often than not, will turn to drugs, will turn to alcohol. And I mean, it happens here in the United States, too, when somebody's dreams are dashed. There are ministries working to teach young people English. They learn English. They have many more opportunities at a job in front of them. They're working to provide education, teach them skills apart from the game of baseball. You've heard me mention many times, SCORE International they have multiple ministries that they're involved in all across the Dominican to help these young people. They partner with different organizations providing for orphans, aid for schools, helping get young girls out of the sex trade industry, and many other things. And I'd encourage you to check out their website, SCORE International, dot scoreintl.org, SCOREINTL.org. They're not paying me for this mention. I don't work for them. I've simply seen the work they do. And when a tragedy occurs, as it did this past Sunday, you see the immeasurable value in the work that they do. I'd encourage you, if you're able, come alongside them financially. It takes money to do the things they're doing to reach and help the people that they're helping. And if possible, go on a short-term missions trip with them. As I say, I've been on many, but when you go you see firsthand the poverty. You see the great need. And by the way, you see the great opportunity that uh, to be used of God, the great opportunity that missions through the local church, how God can use that. I know we have our own troubles to address here in the U.S., but Jesus taught us to not only think locally, but to also think globally. Acts one eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. when I go on these trips i I try if I can to bring young people with me i I, I like to bring a teenager or two or three it's just my it's my belief that everybody should go at least once in their life, but it's so important, and I like to bring these young people because it's so important in creating a heart for missions. And for the rest of their lives, they understand the great need a little bit more. Their hearts are a little more open towards missions. They're a little more giving. There are numerous, numerous other ministries. It's not just SCORE that are there. There's there's Children of the Nations, there's Word of Life, there's many others. But what SCORE does so well, they use the game of baseball, and in DR, it's just a tool. They bring a crowd together by using baseball, and they've even developed training complexes for a player who has maybe a potential future in baseball. They can train them. They they teach them Bible. They teach them English. They, they feed them. They house them. And they provide for them and give them quality baseball training. But if it doesn't work out, they've taught them life skills. And for most par- prospects from any country, DR, Venezuela, America, the odds are against them. The odds of them actually making a major league roster are against them. So what if it doesn't work out? What is plan B? And for many young people in foreign countries, there there isn't a plan B. But the most important thing they can bring these people is the Word of God. They share the news of the gospel with the people. They, they, draw, they use baseball to draw a crowd and, and share the gospel. It's not a condition, by the way. It's not a condition to receive help that they embrace the Bible, or that they become a Christian. We hope they do, and as we do on this program. It's just simply presented to them. It's presented for the hearer to consider and decide for themselves. Baseball lost two players in separate car accidents last Sunday, and I don't know if either of those players held a belief in Christ or not. I certainly hope they did. But like it did for these two young men, um, albeit untimely, death will come calling for each of us. So what then? The Bible says there is life after death, eternal life, never-ending life. And where will you spend that life? Will it be in heaven or in hell? Jesus says in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Apart from Jesus, there is no path to heaven. Without Jesus, there is only hell. The Bible says that we're all sinners and that the wages of sin is death. First John 1 John 1.8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We're all sinners, man. That's the way it is. And because of our sin, we not only earn a physical death here on earth, but a spiritual one as well. Because in sin, we cannot be in the presence of a holy God. An existence apart from God means eternity in hell but because of god's love for us he sent his son jesus christ for one purpose to to make a way of escape to make to, to pay for the price of sins which we could not pay for ourselves jesus lived a perfect life we didn't jesus never sinned one time yet he gave his life as a sacrifice he became sin in our place second corinthians 5:21 says he made him who knew no sin to be sin in our behalf so that we might become The righteousness of God in Him, Jesus gave His life on the cross to pay for your sins, to pay for my sins. He took our sins on the cross, but He didn't stay in the grave. He rose again and defeated the power of death and hell. Jesus did that for you and for me, and that's just an extension of God's love. John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You need to come to grips with the concept that you are a sinner, and you need to admit that to God. You need to repent of those sins, and repenting is not just a one-time thing. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's an attitude. I, I'm guilty of sin, and, and I'm sorry for them. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to ask God to save you. Romans ten nine and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. I wonder if God could be speaking to your heart today. Are you able to admit that you're a sinner and that you need forgiveness? Have a talk with God. Pray to him. Place your faith and trust that Christ's death on the cross is sufficient for the forgiveness of sins and ask him to forgive you and ask him to save you. First John 1 John 1.9 assures us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. After you do that, I would encourage you to tell somebody, find yourself a good Bible-believing church to be a part of. I do hope you'll consider this today. I I don't believe it's a coincidence that you happen to be right here listening to what I just presented. And I just think when, when tragedy happens, such as it did in the Dominican Republic this past Sunday, it's a good time for us to just take a little pause and think about our own situations. Listen, if we can help, you can reach out to our website. In fact, on our website, you can find more information about becoming a Christian btgprogram.com is where you can find us. If God has spoken to you today, we'd love to hear from you. I'd love to pray for you. Send us a note. Allow us to pray for you. We're glad you're here. Glad you're listening. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. How long will I love you?
1: As long as stars are above you. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game talking sports
0: from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal secure servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back once again. Thanks for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program. Here's my friend Zach to take us through some of his shenanigans statements for this week.
1: All right. Truth or shenanigans, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL.
0: Shenanigans. Tom Brady talked very glowingly about Aaron Rodgers' skills. I get it. Uh, Rodgers may actually have more tools at his disposal but I'm going with Tom Brady, and I'll tell you why. He makes the people on his team better. It's a complete package of things. It's not just his quarterback tools. And I know this is one of those discussions you can't really resolve. You know, people mm-hmm. talk, who's the best of all time? Is it this guy or that guy? Yeah. There's no resolution to it. Right. But in my mind, Tom Brady, the way he, the system is Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. The way he structures his contract to get help around him. He does a lot of things that improve that team. So overall, I just I think it's Tom Brady. The guy is just successful. And
1: Okay. I knew this was going to be a fun one. I'm glad that you said what you said because I agree with the statement. I think it is Aaron Rodgers. And part of it is probably the fact that I loathe Tom Brady with every fiber of my being, but also that uh, Aaron Rodgers, as you said, has more tools. He's more athletic. Um, he can create plays where there is no play. Um, I loved how at the end of their last playoff win, his teammates said he went into the huddle and just made up a play himself and told everyone what to do, and it worked perfectly. Also, I think his ability to throw that ridiculous Hail Mary and have it work uh, is something that I've never seen anyone else be able to do as regularly as he does. So while Tom Brady is certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks that we'll ever see, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably actually better than him you
0: can't you yeah. can't win these arguments we could People do the bring, whole show yeah, on this yeah, question right you can go back and forth i mean <laughs> but whatever
1: all right report surfaced last week that los angeles chargers quarterback philip rivers doesn't want to move to la with the team and could be traded with the 49ers named as an interested team truth or shenanigans rivers will be the chargers quarterback next season
0: now, why don't you go ahead and answer that first
1: i think you will um he may not want to, but he's under contract with the team, and if they don't get a deal that's worth it for them, why would you trade a franchise quarterback just to get him off your team? That's It's contrary to everything we've been told about how to win football games. So I think unless they can get a package that just absolutely blows them out of the water and is able to get them to the top of the first round where they can get their next quarterback, I think he'll still be there. When yeah, you're right. Starts.
0: I, I agree. Agree with the statement as well. He will be the Chargers' quarterback. I mean, if you don't want to go to L.A., and I don't know if that's true or not. But what would be the difference, San Francisco? Yeah, you just is it exactly. L.A. in particular? Yeah. I mean, with all the negativity after the move and the questions surrounding the Chargers, can they really afford to not have them? I mean, they need the stability, and they need they need their star player. I mean, unless, as you say, somebody offered them. The world, I, I don't. it's too important to have mm-hmm. Philip Rivers on the Chargers next year.
1: And if you look at any of the teams that need quarterbacks, does, is he going to want to go play with any of them or any of them as desirable as the Chargers? I don't know that they are.
0: No, he, you're right. He's going to be
1: there. All right. There's a report circulating that the Steelers are, quote-unquote, internally concerned that Antonio Brown is too concerned about his stats. Truth or shenanigans, Antonio Brown is a problem for the Steelers.
0: I actually agree. But I think it's a very small one and a very fixable one. As we said in last week's show when we discussed the locker room video, the Facebook Live thing, I I, I think it's just a little immaturity. Mm-hmm. You see young, immature guys in rec league basketball. Or the minute they the game is over, they go to the scores table. You see it in men's rec league softball. They want to know, did you give them a hit or did you give them an error? I mean, that's the, the the these guys are concerned about their stats. This is still a young man. He's blessed mm-hmm. with an immense amount of talent. He's navigating his way through a professional career. Yeah, I think he's a bit of a problem. But um, like anyone else, he's going to make mistakes. But hopefully, he learns that as he goes and he adjusts to them. And I think he will. He, I mean, from what I understand, he he's a pretty terrific young man. Mm-hmm.
1: And I uh, I disagree with the statement. I say shenanigans as well. Um. We've never before, like last week, heard. Well, I
0: actually it. agreed with it. He is a problem, but it's oh. a very small and fixable problem.
1: Oh well, I don't even think he's really a problem. I say shenanigans. I before last week, had we ever heard any inkling of any problem with Antonio Brown ever? You know, I never had. And and
0: well, there are <clears> there <throat> there are the end zone celebrations that causes team penalties. There was the mm-hmm. Facebook video, and, and now being wrapped up in the stats. And again, I don't know how truth that is, but. There are some things that the Steelers have to be concerned about. But again, I yeah. think they're small and I think they're based on immaturity.
1: And as far as being concerned about his stats, every player is concerned about your stats because they're what gets you your next contract. No, that's true. And he's got one year left. You know, he's, I'm sure he's thinking about that next contract, probably being one of the highest paid receivers in the league. So I think it's good that he's concerned about his stats and it, you know, it's not a unique thing. Every player is. So I don't think it's a problem. Speaking of the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger has said that he'll be deciding this offseason whether or not he wants to play next year. So, truth or shenanigans, Big Ben will retire.
0: Your turn to go first.
1: No way. Shenanigans. He's not going to retire. It's an emotional thing that, you know, he's fresh off a disappointing loss. He was banged up this season. He's going to think about, well, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. He still wants to do. That's he does. There's no way he wants that game to be his last game. He's still relatively young. He's only in his mid 30s. He's not that old. He's a big, strong guy. I'm sure he's going to want to play at least one more year with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. So I say shenanigans.
0: You're absolutely right. Big Ben will retire. Shenanigans. I think the discussion probably stops at the seventeen million or so he'd have to pay back in signing bonus money. But there is the no. End. You're right. I think his comments are just in frustration with losing the AFC Championship game. That's such a tough thing because you do all that work, you get to that point, and then you got to start all over from ground zero. And that's where that I imagine that's frustrating to an athlete. So, yeah, shenanigans. He's not going anywhere.
1: All right. The Texas Rangers re-signed former star slugger Josh Hamilton to a minor league deal. He's expected to see some time in the spring at first base in DH to earn a roster spot. So truth or shame Hamilton will have a bounce back year.
0: Um, I, I agree because his numbers were so bad last year that it wouldn't take much at all to be a bounce back year. This is true. Um, the talent's there. I mean, the guy can hit it a mile if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I I agree. I think he can. He'll start in the minors. He'll get his batting eye back, his timing back. And and if he can stay healthy there, I I think he can be – I can think he play a role for the Rangers Mm -hmm. and a very important role.
1: Yeah, and I mean he's not going to be counted on to be an all-star, to hit fourth in the lineup or anything. Anything he can give them really on this minor league contract is just gravy for them. So there's not really any pressure and, and like you said, the natural talent is just phenomenal with him. So I think you can count on him to at least have a good season.
0: In Philippians 4, eight, the Bible instructs us in this way, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. There are things that go on in the world around us which are good, which are wonderful, which are worthy of praise, and there are things which serve to encourage us as we remember them in our minds. And each week we present to you something that we found especially praiseworthy. We call it You Like That. And for me this week, it was the smile that former NFL great John Elway brought to a cab driver whose car he was in. The Broncos general manager was in a car. It was in a cab in Washington DC with some friends when one of the friends asked the cab driver who he thought was the best quarterback of all time. The driver was unaware that Elway was in the back seat when he answered indeed that it was John Elway. <laughs> Elway's friends even tried to debate with the driver, but the driver was insistent that the greatest of all time was John Elway. And then the driver, they asked the driver, they, he would recognize Elway if, if he saw him. And the guy said he would, and they told him to turn around. I'm going to play that clip here. Number one was Elway, but why was he
1: number one in your mind? He's a great quarterback, Tom Brady. There then I would great. have to put I would have to put Ben Rosenberger in there. All right, yeah, okay, yeah. he's won a lot. Okay, that's that's the top three. <laughs> that's That's good. So
0: back. So again. would you Where's know John one? Elway
1: if you saw him? Elway, I would have Elway. And if you ran into him, would you know who he was? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me a favor. Why don't you turn around? Turn around. How you doing, man? Oh, come on, man. (laughs) 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 That's the best. That's fantastic. John Elway's surprise visit to a D.C. cab driver is what I like this week. You like that?
1: You like that? Mine is Ernest Freeman, Pittsburgh Steelers fan who, the story came out last week, we didn't have time to get to it, so I saved it for this week. Uh, it just came out recently that on Christmas Day, he had an extra ticket to the Ravens versus the Steelers. He was going to sell it, <clears throat> but he heard a song on the radio that mentioned giving love to a man on the street. So instead, he gave his ticket to a homeless man who goes by the nickname Stretch, took Stretch into the game with him. Stretch, he, he posted a video on, on online, and Stretch was just having a great time. He's had never been to a game. You could clearly see this guy was just so touched by this gift of generosity and i thought it was really just an awesome gesture those tickets are not cheap so to just give them to somebody you don't know and just make that guy's day was really great so that was what i liked this week you like that
0: you like that thanks for listening to beyond the game i don't know about you but come tuesday night i'm going to be tuned in to brent musburger's final broadcast in a year of terrific broadcasters calling it a career musburger is yet another what a voice what a career for zach barletta I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week, right here at the same time. Be great this week, everybody.